Hey guys, Jason here. I'm playing some sad music because, well, I'm kind of sad. You see, unbeknownst to us, while we were recording the show, the microphone I was using was dying. It sounds really crappy. It cuts in and out, and my voice sounds really wompy throughout the whole entire show. And we're really sorry about that. But Alex and I, we listened to the show, and we thought the conversation was awesome, we thought our guests were awesome, and we thought it would have been way too hard to recreate the whole thing, so we decided to run with it. We really hope you can forgive the crappy microphone and enjoy the show just as much as we do. Thank you so much for listening to us here at Not Your Pastors Podcast. So, Jason. Yes, Alex. You want to know what I did this weekend? I had my dream come true. I went all the way down to Cleveland, Ohio, where I hear it rocks down there. Yeah. And I got to see the legendary Zayo, the godfathers of Christian metalcore. It was the most amazing thing. Like, you got to think, I never thought I'd be able to get to see these guys live. I thought I would just be restricted to seeing them on YouTube, but I got to see them live and I got to stand right at the front of the stage. I don't want to make you mad. Why? But back when Jess and I were playing in a band, we played several large Christian festivals and I'm pretty sure Zayo was there at at least two of them. And I hated metal bands. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So we could could have cared less to watch them. And now after the fact, I see how awesome they are. And it's like, we really missed out, I guess. Yes, you did. But so this is, this is the thing that's kind of crazy. Now the demographic uh, for Zayo showgoers is that you have to be at least in your mid to late 30s and be dads and just kind of, it was weird because there was these guys that were, I know they're like in their 30s and 40s and they were still moshing. Yeah. And it's like, you guys are dads. You guys need to chill out. And I'm, I'm sitting over here. It's because they are dads that they are mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. I got to let out my aggression. Yeah. I but, can't punch my kids in the face. No, but I can punch this other Zayo fan. <laughs> you know, since we, since we both love the same music, let's just punch each other. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, I never got that. Like, I'm 27 years old, still pretty. I was probably one of the youngest people there other than my brother-in-law, who's 19. And there was this guy that literally every... At every song, he had to dive into the crowd 10 times during that song, and he was acting a complete fool. Now, the show was at a bar, so I'm not saying that he was under the influence of substances. Alex, you were at a bar. I needed to see Zayo. They haven't played in Cleveland in 10 years. I needed to see him. I'm sorry. But this guy kept diving into the crowd, and what he would do when he would dive into the crowd, he would bring his knees up. And he would just start knee people, kneeing people in the face. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're a dad. You need to stop doing that. So what I did one time, he's getting ready, and I can see that he's getting ready to jump into my section. And he takes a, he takes a dive, and his hands get around my neck, and he, like, scratches my neck. I'm like, dude, cut your nails. But his, <laughs> his hand scratches my neck. And I just take him underneath his armpits, and I just throw him on the ground. Oh, tough guy now. Oh, yeah. I was, I was fed up with this dad just doing stage dives at the Zayo show. And then my buddy Chris, who's an ex-Marine, shakes this guy up a little bit and throws him into the mosh pit. 
and just this we didn't see him for the rest of the night let's just say all right so here's like you talking about this immediately reminds me so my favorite band growing up was everclear Ooh. and so we go to toronto my dad takes me i'm like 15 years old we go to toronto to see everclear and we're in the front row you know mm-hmm. and they come on and they were playing probably their their heavier stuff and the crowd just goes nuts. And my dad, he's in like fearful, I got to protect my son mode, you know? <laughs> so he's like determined to stand up front with all the kids <laughs> as, like, <laughs> as like the wave is like pushing and crushing everybody forward when the first song starts. So what happens is he, he's going to be so mad when he listens to this. So what, what happens is his hands get stuck up in the air and he gets, he gets sandwiched between all these kids. <laughs> And his pants started falling down. <laughs> oh! So he managed. He managed somehow to get his pants pulled back oh, up. Oh, Dave! And spent the rest of the show oh. in the back with the rest of the parents. <laughs> but I was like, "What happened, Dad? Where'd you go?" He's like, "My hands got stuck up in the air, and then my pants fell down." <laughs> you know what I thought was really cute, though. What? This is really cute. It's, you go to this Zayo concert and you're all pumped up. And then I look on Facebook and you're like back with your band, like jamming out like a few days later, like <laughs> trying to recapture the magic, man. Dude, that was such a sweet jam session <laughs> with the guys from Bringing Down Broadway. That's a that's another dream come true for me. It just remember, it just reminded me, though, like we'd watch hockey like when we were little, like say like it, it made me think of. Uh, in 98 when the Red Wings are playing the Capitals mm-hmm. and like school's out summer's just starting I have all my friends over and we're all watching like Stanley Cup finals but we're all so like pumped up from the game that we go outside and start playing hockey <laughs> like we're not even watching the game we go outside and start playing then when I saw that picture of you on Facebook I was like Alex he's so pumped up after seeing Zayo he's gonna go make some metal with his old friends I am gonna make some metal <laughs> I have three metal guitars now. I'm tuning them all to drop C. It's going to be amazing, dude. You want to know what I did this weekend? What did you do? Jess and I sat on the couch with the Olympics on in the background, and we played around with Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I am the worst, wow. like, Snapchatter, whatever. I don't know what you call that, but I'm, I'm awful at it. So she had this, this like, bumblebee filter. Like, <laughs> so you, like, sit with a friend, and it puts this little bumblebee mask on you, and it, like... <laughs> yeah. It like records like a, a like, you you guys are you guys are parents by the way yeah so it, it like records like three seconds of you or something and like it changes your voice and so like the first one she hits record and you know we got these little masks on and I cough real bad and she's like you ruin everything but it, it like changed her voice so it's high pitched so it's like you ruin everything you ruin everything yeah and then, so she's like let's try it again. And she hit record right as I farted. <laughs> so I'm like, my fart came through. <laughs> my fart came through. And then it's just us like busting up laughing. But then like I moved my face. So like the filter came off my face. So it's just like me and my actual face in my shame. Like <laughs> post fart <laughs> laughing with high pitched voices. Oh, and no. Jess does this thing where when she laughs really hard, like no noise comes out. <laughs> she just like throws her head back and her mouth like flies open and she just starts turning colors. <laughs> She's laughing hard. Oh no. It's hilarious. So parents who do stage dives, parents yeah. who mosh, parents who use Snapchats. Yeah. That's just a bunch of different topics that we're gonna discuss right here on Not Your Pastors Podcast. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, so welcome to kind of like a part two, would you call it, Jason, of our back to school. Yeah, way to, way to start the show off with a lot of excitement, Alex. Oh, yeah. I'm so pumped to hear this episode. Well, I'm so glad that we're here. <laughs> you know what? We need to buy war bonds in order to support the troops. <laughs> 1940s. You're not funny. Oh, stop it. <laughs> You're embarrassing me in front of our guest. Just like last time. Yeah, just like last time. Is that going to be your your thing now? Are you going to make fun of some more homeschool kids? Are I'm gonna, not going to. Are you going to apologize for that now? We're getting some, some mighty. They good were all feedback. at my house because they didn't have to go to school that day. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about Alex. There, we just needed a moment to collect ourselves oh. over his idiocy. <laughs> Can I can I introduce our guest, please? Yeah, introduce him. All right. So we're here with Seth Wiles, and say hi to the, the kids, Seth. Hello, kids. Oh, I hate <laughs> when people call each other kids. It's <laughs> so demeaning. Hey, youngsters. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Um, so we wanted to have Seth on here because he kind of comes from a different point of view. So last week we had Sean Costello on the show, and he he's just a just a remarkable intelligent man and maybe we'd have him on the show again i'd really yeah use... if you if you haven't listened to that episode go back and go back and listen to it because he said so many like profound things mm-hmm. and alex and i don't know how to interview people yet <laughs> so he would say something like like we'd ask a question he, he his response would be like so perfect and concise and then there's like three or four seconds where you and i don't say anything <laughs> we're just like there's there's nothing left to say but it's dead air right now, <laughs> and I'm really uncomfortable. Oh, so what I'm hearing is you thought you had to dumb it down with your next guest. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, perfect. But no, the the reason why we have Seth here is because today today we wanted to kind of talk about I want to I guess it's a myth or a uh, preconceived notion that if you are a parent who sends their kids to um, Christian private school, they have a better chance of having a good quote-unquote Christian life and also their chances of getting saved increase when they go there yeah I mean I kind of talked about that a little bit in the last episode when we were in complete panic mode over what to do with our kids Mm -hmm. like that was one of the things is like they they have to go to a Christian school or else Mm -hmm. you know they're just going to be indoctrinated indoctrinated Uh, clearly I went to public school (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we were so afraid of what they were going to learn at school and their salvation and everything was just really fear-based. But then it got to the point where I was going to be gone all the time because we couldn't afford it. So we ended up with public school. So Seth, you, so let me get this straight. You went to a Christian private school and you didn't get saved there. Is that correct? Correct. When did you get saved? By my best account, when I was 20, so I'd been out of um, Christian school for about two years, and I would say that the that two-year gap was a pretty steady um, decline or incline, depending on how you look at it, but it was, I was finally out of all the rules, nobody, you know, I moved out, like, nearly immediately as soon as I got done. Um, so to me, that was, there's no more rules. There's nobody telling me what I can and can't do. So it's finally time for me to do all these things that I've been wanting to do or have been, have been dabbling in. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, have had some authority figures who have been keeping that from me and, and that's what those two years were. And that all led me, um, 
to a place on my own where I finally realized, man, this, this stuff is not fulfilling to me. There's got to be something different. And that is how I came um, to, to Christ. And that, that's the moment where, you know, I say that I got saved. And I've talked to you, Alex, about it. Of, you know, it was a moment where I was, I was in my bathroom floor, like laying on the floor crying. Like, because mm-hmm. I, was, I was out of options. I didn't have any more options that I could come up with. And so finally, when I had no more options, that is when I said, like, well, you know what? Shoot, I learned this thing. You know, back in Christian school, I had, that's the thing is I had all the knowledge, um, but none of the, none of the person, the, the personable, or the, it wasn't personal to me. It was just another class. It was just another grade I had to get. And, and so there was nothing personal about it. It was just, it was like, it was like history or science. Learn it so you can pass the class and, and move on. Hmm. So you had all the head knowledge, but not the heart. All the head knowledge none of the heart knowledge so you finish school and then you get caught up into heavy drugs heavy drinking pornography uh, selling I, drugs i mean i'd like to say that all of that is an exaggeration yeah. but uh alex knows my story so yeah seth and i used to uh the reason why partly why seth is here is he's a really good friend of mine and so now we have to think of these really creative ways to hang out because <laughs> we're both married and we both have houses that we're taking care well, of well and what? you went and had a kid i did have a, I, yeah, I do have one yes <laughs> She's at home right now, probably crying for me. Thanks a lot, Seth. <laughs> but Seth and I used to get together, and actually, Seth was one of the first people when I first started working at the church that I kind of got connected with, and we started meeting regularly for coffee. And his testimony was so awesome, and him and I have had so many just kind of crazy kind of, I guess you can call them ministry adventures. <laughs> like there was the time that uh, I accidentally flooded the sanctuary at the Flint building <laughs> with the baptismal <laughs> water didn't take it, into effect the old siphon. Yeah, I was so I was draining it and I was actually our worship leader at the time uh, said, hey, want to take a break from draining the <laughs> baptismal tank to come to Guitar Center, which of course I said yes. Yeah. And so I took the hose out that I was using and I was like, I'm just going to put the hose in this bucket and, you know, I shut the, the pump off that's pumping the water out. It'll be fine. And a little bit of water will just trickle into the bucket. But, again, Seth learned in his Christian science class that there's something called the siphon effect. And literally the whole baptistry just drained into the auditorium. And it smelled so musty and nasty. And I get back to the church, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I got to meet and have coffee with Seth in, like, a little bit. Like, what am I going to do? What if we change coffee <laughs> to clean up all this water meeting. Wouldn't that be pretty sweet? And so Seth was one of those guys that I could count on him pretty much for anything. Like, hey, help me clean up the water in the in the auditorium. Also, some people don't know this. Uh, I got to baptize Seth, which was pretty fun and awesome. And marry me. And I didn't marry you specifically. What? You married your wife, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, I performed the ceremony and I signed the documentation, which your wedding by far was one of the funnest weddings I've ever been to. Because I got to MC it, which was fun because I've never MC'd before. So it's like, all right, here's here's the long-haired idiot with the mic. Let's let him talk again, which is what we're doing right now with this podcast. I, say, I, I think yeah. that was the spark that maybe, started this. Yeah, maybe I'm really good at talking. I don't know. Probably not that good. No. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm nodding in disrespect. But <laughs> I do want to point this out. Your brother had probably one of the best, <laughs> best man speeches ever. So his brother gets up there. And he just starts rambling about all these, you know, 
stories about the, Seth and his, his childhood. And then he p- goes on to say, hey, what, what, were the, what was the couple's name? Kirk and Mary. Kirk and Mary, which were Seth and his brother's neighbors at the time. He said, hey, just want to let you guys know, really glad that you guys are here celebrating Seth and Hannah's marriage. Um, we could hear you guys having sex when oh, we were little nice. kids. <laughs> that's how it came across. It, it wasn't quite intended to be it that It sounded way. like that. Uh, that's Perfect. exactly what it sounded like. That's exactly what everybody thought that it was. Yes, it but was. What it, Don't try and PC it for the... He, you know, we, he had said that we had our entertainment from them at night. <laughs> what happened what was we used to watch movies through our window and through their window when we were supposed to be sleeping, everybody thought movies. something different. But the way he phrased it, <laughs> it was the way he phrased it. It it sounded one hundred percent completely sexual, and it and they were there, and that was the funny part. Is he pointed them out, and everybody was looking at them, and it sounded just like what Alex said, even though it wasn't quite the intended meaning. Did he just like melt? It Did was, he realize it or he just keep it, going? It wasn't an immediate realization, but it was like <laughs> he kind of sat down and we were kind of looking at him like, hey, you know what you just implied? He's like, I, I think I, that wasn't what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was pretty funny. But, I mean, he's giving his best man speech. You're on the spot. You start rolling with something. You know you can't turn back. And uh. <laughs> It was really funny. And then also, Seth and I actually had uh, this really awesome time where we went through a book together. We went through Timothy Keller's Reason for God book. So kind of a little bit more on the serious side. And that him and I were just discussed that. And Seth's really good at asking questions as to why you believe certain things. So Seth was always great to kind of like double check myself against. He was just, maybe that's your criminal justice background a little bit. Could be CRJ. Oh, I mean, could be. And then, but there was one day we were having our book club. And don't call it a book club. A what? Book club? It was our book club. Man meeting. Man, well, that sounds weird too. Did you say man dating? Man meeting. Oh, I thought you said man dating. I don't know. You say book club. <laughs> I imagine walking down the stairs and like nine ladies are quilting in a circle while like. But that's discussing. what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with quilting, Seth? There's nothing wrong with quilting. The world needs more quilts. Oh my gosh, but we're we're sitting there talking, and this guy, and he's he's and he kind of looks like he's from kind of like Middle Eastern descent. He's kind of like eavesdropping in on our conversation and so uh, eventually he just kind of works up the courage and starts talking to us and he tells us yeah like I was born in Galilee and we're like really and like I was I had my bible at the time and he like took my bible and used the map in the back that nobody ever uses Mm -hmm. and he (laughs) points out like I grew up here in Nazareth and I uh my family and I we used to go to the sea of Galilee uh all the time for picnics. We used to just circle all the words that look dirty. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I opened Jess's Bible one time in the map, and it's like Asher. Like, just that's the circle, and like hit titties, like like that's the way that like. Is that what this podcast has become, Jason? I'm just. Well, you mean the Hittites there? It's my public school education oh, really yeah. shining through. I've learned all this bad stuff at yeah. public school. Which is why you should probably send your kids to private or homeschool them. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you don't want your kids turning out like Jason and I. To be no. determined. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to the, the, the Nazareth guy. But he was like, yeah, so you just got to live by uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and you'll be all right. Which his Sermon on the Mount, the way we heard it was, 
was a little different than the way it's written in the Bible. It wasn't completely um, reversing what was said, but he, uh, one of the claims he made was that throughout all the revisions that have been done um, to the Bible and all the different translations and from language to language, all these things, that the Bible that we know today is actually severely, maybe not severely, but it's, it's, uh, it's lacking in some of the things that were in the original Bible, if you want to call it that, mm. and that, uh, you know, certain kings or queens had taken other things out because it didn't serve their purpose, whatever his reasons were, that um, there was more to the Bible than, than what we can read in, you know, the Bible that you can go pick up at the store now. Um, but yeah, pretty much that if you lived by the Sermon on the Mount and his take on it was a little different, not entirely, um, but that, that is what, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what, you know, how you'll get to heaven. But the, the best part about it, kind of the entertaining aspect that me and Alex kept kind of shooting each other little glances every, every now and then, like, oh, we're not going to say it, but it's kind of, it's becoming more evident as one of his big claims or, you know, one of the things he said a lot was, you know, some people, you're just never going to be able to, to, to tell them your opinion if it's not what they agree with, you know, the, they're just completely blocked off to all other opinions. And, uh, and here are me and Alex, you know, saying like, well, you know, what do you think about this passage? And what do you think? And, and his response to all these was almost every time, well, that's not how it was originally written. You need to understand. And then he would go on to, and so here this, this guy saying that some people, and he was kind of ragging on him almost, like mm-hmm. some people are never going to listen to you, um, even you know, when you're speaking perfect truth to them. And then me and Alex are trying to like, well, what about, and he just shuts it right down. Like, oh no, that's not, that's not truth. And so here's this guy claiming that no, you know, there, there are these people that exist that won't listen to your opinion. And our opinion was not listened to. <laughs> <laughs> he literally was the guy that he was describing that we, sh- that he shouldn't be. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much everything. He said I'm not he going to be. listen to truth because I'm, I'm just so hard hearted, I guess. I don't know what it was, but he was basically describing himself every time he would you know, rebuke us for trying to share our opinion. I'm like, you are that guy. Yes. You are the guy. you wanted to yell it at him like, (sighs) you're the guy you're explaining right now, but we kept, uh, we kept our cool and it was a fun encounter. Proverbs 18 is only a fool. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Only a fool cares about expressing his own opinion. (laughs) Understanding. Like, oh my gosh. That one I try to like think of all the time before I like write any blogs or (laughs) come on this show. Like, am I just expressing my own opinion? Ours. Am I trying to understand where people are coming from? Mm. Needless to say, though, it was a it was a unique encounter to to meet and talk to somebody who grew up there, like where Jesus did his yeah. walking around. He 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 did picnics on the Sea of Galilee. That, I mean that that would be just a really awesome thing to see. I think I think, but um, so yeah, that kind of gives us a little bit of background about like Seth and like how him and I got to meet and like just some funny stories that we've had, but. Um, I'm kind of curious about your private school experience because um, would you say that you regret going to public school or a private school? Sorry. Um, I wouldn't say I regret it. I think that uh, that would be a little too harsh to say. Are you uh, happy your parents sent you there? Yes. Were yeah. you like, okay, so in the public school, like this is all we knew about private school kids. It's either their parents are filthy rich <laughs> or – they were really bad and got kicked out of public school. And so that's why they're in. Now they're in like private military school. Because that's like the only option. 
All right, mm-hmm. well, it's good. So were you like the kicked out of public school guy? I don't fall into either of those categories. Okay. Not, my parents weren't filthy rich, and I, I hadn't been kicked out of public school. I'm the one of five, and we all went through um, the same school um, in the, the private school system. Um, we definitely didn't fall into either of those categories. Um, as far as, you know, I, I definitely don't regret it, and there are, there are definitely um, upsides and, and perks that you're going to find in a Christian school that you're not going to really get at a public school. Like, uh, give me one for example, Seth. Uh, the biggest one for me, and, and I have heard, you know, people debate this or kind of knock this or, you know, call it not true. Um, but I, I do think that the education level is a mm-hmm. little bit higher. I think the standards are, are a little higher. Yeah, I wouldn't say the education level is necessarily higher, but the standards are higher. But right alongside that is you have a lot smaller classes. You have a lot smaller of a school. Um, you know, you know all your teachers. They know you. You know, our my graduating class was 24, I think. And at the time that I graduated in 6th through 12th grade, there was 200-something-some-odd kids, which at a public school, you've got classes that are well over 200. You know, you've got classes. My class was well over 300. Yeah, exactly. And so you have that personal aspect of things where um, it's a little bit more intimate, a little bit more one-on-one if you need it. Um, but two, you know, the standards, like I say, they they were higher. And also because, you know, it's a private school, it, it doesn't get any, you know, money from the state or the government or anything like that. Um, they set their own curriculum, and that gives them the ability to kind of um, make the, the, the education whatever they want. And they definitely, you know, they're not going to skimp on it. Um, they're, the parents who are sending their kids there, they are paying really good money. Um, to send their kids to private school. And so that is definitely one area where they are, it's top notch. It, um, the education I got there was fantastic. Yeah, my wife is way smarter than me. <laughs> and I think that's because she went to private school. Well, there you go. Like I have her proofread all of my, my blog posts or anything that I write for any of my classes. And I just recently learned the different theirs, like where you <laughs> should use them. That's terrible. Well, I think I think even and Jason I think knows I, <laughs> I think that might be because of public school. <laughs> but Shauna, my wife, private school, she knew those right out the get go. Jess right? went to public school too, but like we'll read something side by side, and she'll like turn the page. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm only a paragraph in. <laughs> like yes. you need to stop. That's me and my wife. I is, am so slow at reading. Yeah, if we're reading something together, she's three pages ahead of me before I finish. Well, it's like not that hard to read The Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> 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 On Monday, he ate one apple. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't turn the page yet. I'm not done. <laughs> what did he do on Monday? <laughs> Were you a 4.0 student, Seth? Absolutely not. <laughs> By choice. By choice? I, here's the thing. <laughs> oh, my I, gosh. I knew that if I really exerted myself I no problem all A's 4.0 same thing through college I knew like yeah I could really really try and get a 4.0 no problem but I was also blessed to my not trying was like a 3.8 so I was happy with that <laughs> my 3. Point, my 3.8 got me top 10 in my class <laughs> <laughs> I, I was Montrose I had a 3.8 and then senior year hit and I was like man Napping in trigonometry class sounds really awesome right now. <laughs> so like, how much of your, your private school education, how much of that prepared you for college? 
You think you were well? Was college easy or was it difficult? Or? College was easy for me. And, you know. Where did you go to college, by the way? U of, well, I went to Liberty University for one semester. Um, and it was about two weeks in when I sat down with a calculator and figured out how, much mon- how many dollars it cost me per day to be there. And I quickly said, okay, I'm not coming back after this semester. Yeah. And I came home and went to U of M Flint, where my next five semesters equaled the cost of my first semester. Wow. Yeah. So you went to a good school then after pub or private school? Yeah. Then. No, both of those, you know, both of those schools were good. And um, I was in the, the criminal justice program. That's what my degree is in. Um, so it's definitely um, not as, it, it's not a hard science, like say chemistry or physics or things like that. It's more of a, you know, open to interpretation. You get a lot, you can, and this goes, th- this is where some of my Christian school education comes into play is, um, one of the things, and I've said this before, and it's, it's kind of negative. I mean, it doesn't have a good uh, connotation to it. But one of the things I learned best in private school was how to fool people, if you want to put it completely bluntly. Wow. Was how to put on the right face for the right person, say the right thing at the right time. I learned that really well towards the end of my years at Christian school, but that plays really well. Like I say, I know it sounds negative, but that goes well for when you're getting a degree in college in something that's not a hard science, where your grade is more based on your opinion and how you can express that and back it up rather than one plus one equals two. Wow. So let me ask you this, because I'm, I'm always curious. Do, do private Christian school kids ever cheat on their tests because technically that would be a sin are are you asking me this on purpose because you know what what my answer to this question yes i am (laughs) there was a time a a time or was there multiple was there multiple times set that you cheated before the lord there were a a few times i cheated but can you call it (laughs) cheating if the teacher knows it's happening and doesn't care yes okay then yes multiple times still cheating multiple times (laughs) but there was you know one distinct time, senior year, Bible test. It was the big one. You had to uh, On a write. Bible test, no less. Well, I know. <laughs> I know. But you had to write down. I think it was a whole chapter of a, you know, of a book of the Bible. I don't remember which one or how long it was. But it was a lot um, to remember. Several, you know, multiple verses. If you wrote it out, it was more than a page. And uh, I just thought, this is so silly. I'm a senior. I'm too cool for this. So I, I had it I'm written. I'm too cool for Jesus. Yeah. Way <laughs> too cool for Jesus. I mean. If you want to phrase it that way, <laughs> but no, I, I had uh, it typed out on a piece of paper, and I just kind of stuck that in my shirt and just looked down my shirt <laughs> for the whole thing. So nobody noticed like all day at school that your shirt would make like crinkly sounds. Like <laughs> <laughs> maybe they would. Nothing, have. nothing under my shirt here. I was smart enough to not put it in there until right before the Blessed test. Blessed are the poor in spirit. <laughs> yes, Matthew 5. <laughs> what is that, Seth? Nothing. Nothing, nothing. It's just disturbance. Oh, man. So, hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with more from uh, Seth Wiles and his private school adventures. <laughs> Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. My name's Jason. You may remember me from such podcasts as the one you're currently listening to. I've been writing a song to help you to remember to share this episode with your friends. It's called Share This With Your Friends. And it goes a little something like this. 
share this with your friends. Your friends until the end. And God will bless you, and your wildest dreams will come true. Sorry you had to see that. Let me try. Let me try this again. Share this with your friends. Your friends until the end. And God will bless you and your wildest dreams will come true. I had no idea. You've been given the voice of an angel. Jason, that's not all I've been given. I've been given wonderful friends who have already listened and subscribed to our podcast. But that's not all we want you to do. We want you to start using the hashtag AskNYPP, and that way you can become a part of the conversation. And who knows, maybe we'll read your comment on the show. Thank you so much, and God bless. Now, back to the show. Wait a second. Hold up. We got a special treat for you guys. Not only is Seth Wiles with us, but his wife, Hannah Wiles, stopped by the church to come pick him up. And it's going to be great. <laughs> Isn't he ridiculous? Like, cheesy. Like, he just goes into, like, radio mode. But you think it's so cool, and it's not. I'm just trying. She's been here the whole time. Yeah. I've listened to everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you listen to everything? Everything. <laughs> oh. So one, one of the things we kind of wanted to do with this second segment is we wanted to get, hear your guys' story specifically. Now, Seth, we talked a, a little bit about your story, but I want you to go into more detail. And then when you're finished, Hannah, if you could talk about your experience, how you got saved, and then also what happened to you after your private school experience. So, Seth? All righty. Um, I'll try and keep it somewhat short. I know you said more detail, but that's that's not a license you want to give me. <laughs> My wife could attest that could get lengthy. True, very true. Um, so uh, to to sum it up, hit the highlights: uh, Christian school, church, all of it. You know, every Sunday. And in the beginning, I mean, you know, when we went to like a kind of the more. I won't say hardcore Baptist because it wasn't it wasn't as hardcore as it could have been. But when we you know went to the the more fundamental Baptist church, you know Awana Wednesday nights, uh, Sunday nights. I think that's a thing that's kind of fallen away. But yeah, we did Sunday morning church and Sunday night church and Wednesday night church and Awana. Those are called super Christians. <laughs> well, super Christian I was. Did you guys have a pew reserved for your family like no the third one on the left is the wiles family pew it wasn't reserved like 
verbally. Nobody wrote it, but you knew not to sit in that pew <laughs> because Wiles family was coming to town. Just real quick, like uh, when I would go to church with my dad on the weekends, we'd always sit like right up front, you know, and we're like the in the like the second row because the first row is for when the sinners come forward, <laughs> but the second row is for like the super super duper Christians, you know. So we'd sit there, but like when I was going through high school, like uh, I grew like this giant like fro. My I grew my hair out like super long and I bleached it completely white to where everybody at school called me Q-tip because <laughs> my hair was just like boom. I was thinking Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Yeah, I had kind of that going on. But as it got bigger and bigger, we started moving back like further and further until one Sunday we came in and my dad's like, how about we sit up in the balcony? And I was like, cool. I've always wanted to sit in the balcony. Like I like the view up there until I realized like, I think my dad's hiding me. Like, I think he's really embarrassed of my hair. Oh man. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Um, so, you know, did the whole nine yards growing up, um, Christian school from, you know, preschool through kindergarten through 12, you know, 12 years all the way through 12th grade. Um, nearly didn't graduate. There's a fun fact. Um, but uh, I, I finished out my senior year on uh, what I guess we got called probation. Um, so that was funny. I, got, I was suspended for the first three days of my senior year. And I acted dumb like, oh, what? No, I, I thought it started today. You're telling me it started three days ago? Crazy. If what? you don't mind me asking, like, what do you have to do to get suspended from? I'm Did you forget you to asked. get a haircut? Like, yeah, I'm glad like, you what, asked. What is this? I want to know. Were you not you wearing a suspended? skirt when you were supposed to? Oh, I, that's... <laughs> what was the evil you have thus committed? The evil that I have done. Uh, I inked myself before senior year. Yeah, so I, I was um, the oldest one in my class. And so I was one of the only kids who turned 18. Um, I turned 18 the very end of my junior year. Um, so it was like a week before school got out, I turned 18. And so then it was summertime. And this is leading up to um, kind of what I talked about earlier was like as soon as I got done with school and was out on my own, it was like, all right, time to do all these things I've been told I can't do. Um, that started um, like before senior year. Um, so I was like, well, shoot, I'm 18. I can go get a tattoo. Uh, it would, you know, I don't have to have my parents' permission or anything, so I can just go do this on my own. And so it was like a meet. I mean, we were right out of school. I just turned 18, and I went and I got my tattoo. All right, so I'm, lo- I'm looking at your arms right now, and it's like not on your neck. It's, like you didn't get tattooed on your face. Like so. Well, because I, ha- I had a bit of cleverness to me. So obviously, you know, I knew – it was way against school rules to get a tattoo, like immediate expulsion if you had a tattoo. Because yeah, it was the law, one of the 600 laws yeah. in yes. the Torah. Mm-hmm. Well, because most Makes people sense. don't know this, but the second that a tattoo needle hits your arm, it actually pulls your salvation out of you. Yeah. Oh. The arm. So it's, it's not very well known. I wish I had known that at the time. Ear yeah. piercings too, though. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, but for girls, it's fine. But an ear piercing for a guy, hell. So. Yeah, hell. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> like, Satan has entered. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it is, it's on my side was the, the first one that I got, and I made it sure that I could hide it and everything. Um, but you but, can't hide it on this podcast. Show it. No. I'm just kidding. No, I don't I'm just kidding. Is I, it like a tribal thing? Like No. You also can't hide two L's in joyful? 
is okay. the thing. Well, uh, we will get there. There does happen to be a typo oh. <laughs> on this first tattoo. And also, I did you stop that. <laughs> we will get there. It was all part of the lesson I learned. Um, but, yes, there is a typo. No, I. Uh, it, it's definitely not like a bad tattoo or anything. In fact, as far as tattoos go, it's like as Christian as you can get. Um, so even at that time, you know, I was like rebel because I'm going to get a tattoo, but it was still like, uh, I'm still not like demonic or anything. So I'm going to get like a spiritual tattoo. Um, so I got, it was, uh, my guitar, my acoustic guitar, which I thought was the prettiest guitar I'd ever seen. And it, it is. Um, <laughs> and so I, I had, um, the guy draw it up where it, it's my guitar and all it look extra beautiful it's extra beautiful well it has these little pearlescent kind of like glimmers and he actually got that across in the tattoo like pretty well he made it sparkle yeah for real i mean as much as skin can (laughs) sparkle it sparkles um and so it said make uh, like wrapping around it um going up it says make a joyful noise unto the lord and then it says psalm 100 kind of at the bottom uh joyful has two l's which if you're looking up in your dictionary right now, Joyful does, in fact, only have one L. Uh, mine has two, though. And it was funny. It's, it, was a very, it, was, uh, it was 10 hours that I was there. It was seven and a half hours of tattooing, if I remember right. And, like, hour 6.5, the guy goes, Hey, uh, Joyful has two L's, right? And I go, no, no. And at this point, you know, I got no more painkillers. I got no more endorphins. Like, I'm miserable right now. It's on my side. It's extremely painful. And I just, no, no, it doesn't. And he says, oh, well, yours does. <laughs> Did he give you, like, a discount? No. And <laughs> I tipped him real nice still, too. I would not. But oh, I attribute oh. that to my, that is my own fault. I mean, I proofread it nine times. I looked at it on my body for, you know, like, seven different occasions, and I never noticed it. And that was because... I was so impatient that I was just rushing into, you know, what I wanted. And I use this as a life lesson. You know, many people have told me, oh, you can get it covered up with a musical note or something. I said, eh, I want to leave it, though. It's a reminder to me not to rush into things. And that is why two months after dating, we got engaged because he didn't <laughs> rush into things anymore. <laughs> That's different. That was over my spiritual hump. So that was like that was God driven. This was just like so. You get the tattoo. You're rebellious. You're you're going off the deep end, essentially. Pretty much a tattoo in a in a concealed area. Yeah, you got suspended. And, and I decided, yeah. So it was a week before the school year started, and I went to the principal, or not to the principal, to the one of the deans. I don't, I don't even know what that means, but because um, I knew she liked me, and I, she was really cool, and, and her kids were all tatted up, and um, so she. Uh, so you, did you, you confess? Yeah, I went to them and, and you still got suspended. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so I showed her and, and her response I'll never forget was, all right, I'm going to put my mom hat on for a second. And she said, I love it. I think that is so cool. I love what you got. I love that verse. I love how you incorporated that. Then she, she twisted her, you know, imaginary cap and she said, okay, now as, you know, a member of the school board, I have to tell you some things. And so we went over what I, you know, was going to happen. I wrote a letter to the board and, um, the end result was suspension. The Sanhedrin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, much. it's this hypocrisy that you're seeing and this is kind of leading to your, uh, like, uh, what would you call it? Your deconstruction of faith? Like, yeah, pretty much by the time you're out of school, what else, what else? Along those lines, yeah, that you saw that kind of like 
when, once you got out of school, you kind of hit the deep end. Yeah. And see, this is why I told you not to give me the permission to go into detail because it's. I'm going to start cutting you off because you are very long winded. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Highlights, keeping it short. Uh, you know, graduated, went off to college that, or, um, at Liberty, big college, you know, Christian college, but still big college, a lot of kids. Um, a lot of people doing a lot of stuff they probably shouldn't really started to get into on it. On a Christian campus. Yeah, on a Christian campus. No. There's <laughs> sinners there too. I need the Lord. Um, you know, so it started, you know, we kind of grouped up and um, we all kind of had the same attitude towards Christianity, which was like, you know, ah, hypocrisy, legalism, all, all these things. We didn't call it that at the time. We just called them losers and liars. Um, but uh, so, you know, there, you know, we started getting into drinking and some drug usage nothing nothing too hard or anything but we were we would anything we could get our hands on it we would mess around with um you know trying to sneak girls into our dorms and stuff like that um came home from there and not then almost immediately after coming home you know just a couple months moved out got an apartment so all right now you know i'm away from all authority figures and this is where I'm really going to go off the deep I'm, end. I'm kind of curious, like, what are Christian drugs? Is it like a Mike's Hard <laughs> lemonade and like no, a, like a, no. You um, looked at a cigarette, but you didn't yeah. smoke it. I just looked. At, I just held it in my hands, and some of the nicotine went through my face. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no cigarettes. I'm sorry, you don't have to go into detail. No, no. I'm just making fun. No, I, I don't care. No cigarettes. So I've never tried them. Not not fun for me. Except for these uh, roundups here. Yeah, I've been going to town on those. The old uh, white brand. Um, but uh, candy for all you listening. <laughs> it is candy. A lot of drinking and just partying. You know, it was you know, a game of who could you know get what girl, how fast, things like that. Um, came home, apartment, definitely eat hardcore partying. Then um, that's when, especially being around like um, obviously a non-Christian work environment, I was a waiter in a restaurant, and so really that's how I like entered the the real party scene was but I wanted to is the thing is it was like this is the one of the things that I've always been told not to do don't drink don't smoke don't chew don't run with girls that do I mean that's like the mantra of Christian school <laughs> and and I, you think I'm kidding but that actually got said modest is hottest <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's what I really was like well all these things that I was told not to do this is this is my chance to do them so um, I started doing all those things and it was it was fun if you want to call it that um but it was obviously not fulfilling at all and so it's kind of like the the catch-22 of like oh wow that that wasn't that didn't produce like the satisfaction of my life that I wanted I must have not have been hardcore enough like I'm, I must have not have devoted myself 100% to the party so next time oh I'm gonna get blackout or like yeah I'm not gonna remember the night because that's that's what's the fun stuff uh, and went through that and, and all these things. Just, just that for about a year of, you know, kind of like, man, this is so unsatisfying. I must not be trying hard enough. And, you know, pretty much, like I said earlier, it just got to a point where I was like pretty much rock bottom of like, wow, I've never been so depressed, so miserable. Like, Did I your would, parents know any of this at the time? Like, um, like we, we put all this money in for assessed education, and now this is what we get out of it. Yeah, I mean, they, they knew it. They, it was one of those things where you kind of like made jokes about it, but yeah. everyone knew it was true, but nobody was actually going to confront the issue. Like, we kind of joke about it, and you kind of see... You Classic know, Christian problem there. Of, yeah. Uh, 
Let's just sweep it under the rug. It'll fix itself. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Um, And so it just got to a point where I was like just horribly depressed, like uh, just anxious all the time, just miserable If is the best way to put it. Just like waking up and, you know, and I think a lot of people have been there where you kind of wake up every day and you go, what the heck am I doing? Like, what is the point of me getting out of bed today? What is the point of me going to work today? What's the point of me going to school today? Why, why am I doing any of this? Like just kind of that, that question of what the heck am I doing? Like I I have no purpose. I, I, my, my only purpose right now is to party, get drunk, have fun, like go crazy. The, the, the more quote unquote bad things I can do, like the cooler I am. Um, but you le- you said in the first segment you learned how to fool people. Yeah, Did that play into you know what I enjoyed that I enjoyed deceiving people. Yeah. Um, I have one story. I waited tables at a restaurant and state troopers would always come in, and I actually wanted to be a state trooper and tried, and I didn't get in because of my drug usage. Yeah. Um, but there was a a time where I, I I almost got enjoyment out of it waiting on the state troopers while I was like stoned out of my mind. I enjoyed like that was fun for me the deceit and like the almost like haha I got you that was fun for me I did enjoy that and I which is another reason Christian <laughs> school was not conducive to my type of personality because I enjoy that um I've changed <laughs> I just Wife, picture like I've that, changed. that scene in Black Sheep where the where the state trooper pulls up to him he's high on the nitrous oxide yeah. <laughs> I picture you like I'm fooling him so good but like turning up the radio and stuff <laughs> Um, but yeah. And then it just got to a point where I was at rock bottom. I went into the bathroom in my apartment and I was just laying on the floor, you know, listening to, I had recently like for the week before been turning on K-Love in the rate or in the car. Cause I was like, man, I'm so sick of, you know, this, uh, pop music. All they talk about is like, you know, drugs, sex, rock and roll, like all these things, party. It was like, when I thought that that would make me happy, I loved that music. And then when it was like, started learning like man this isn't satisfying at all to me then it was like I can't stand this music it's so stupid and so I'd been listening to K-Love a lot lately and or for like the week and then I went in my bathroom turned K-Love on the radio laid on the floor like fetal position positive encouraging yeah positive encouraging uh pretty much and uh although they have so many pledge drives I swear (laughs) A pledge drive for every day. No, of the this week. is like bizarre because this just turned into like a K Love commercial. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I'm it sorry. just like fell right into a K Love commercial. Um, and I was I was in my bathroom just like I had K Love on, you know. I it was uh, gosh, I can't remember the song right now, but I I will remember it if I heard it. Um, God's great dance floor. That wasn't it. It's just funny, like the different way that God does work, though. So oh yeah, you no. go you go through all this, but yeah. Uh, me, on the other hand, uh, I didn't party. I didn't do anything. I didn't, didn't even, like, swear. I mean, I was, like, the perfect of the perfect, but I had blue hair. <laughs> and because I had blue hair, everybody assumed. Uh-huh. But I, on the other hand, I would be totally making fun of Caleb. But, yeah, God <laughs> used it to do something yeah. great for you. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, a different way God works. So, Hannah goes off. You go off to private school. Yes. Um, a different private school but very similar I would yeah say. but you yeah. have completely different results you probably have more along the lines of what parents would expect sending their kids to Christian school yeah I would I would probably say so um I got saved when I was three and I was baptized when I was eight so those things happened a lot sooner for me in life than it 
did for Seth. Um, and same thing, like all kindergarten all the way through senior year, I was in Christian school and my siblings um, also. And I was definitely at the other end of the spectrum, but I wouldn't necessarily say that overall it was completely beneficial to my spiritual life either. Um, I feel like I was the kid who just was like, yep, I'll do whatever you tell me to. I'm not going to question you, which is good. Like, I didn't question authority or anything like that. You're a good, um, obedient <laughs> little girl, which is but, what I want my daughter to be. <laughs> I also think that I took it to the extreme of just believing what they told me and just took it at face value, and I never really dug into Scripture for myself. And so I think um, – and I think the biggest problem, too, was that – they had all these rules and all these things that they wanted us to abide by and do and be and look like, which is fine for like a school setting. I don't care if you want the guys to cut their hair or if you want all the girls like skirts to be at a certain length, that's fine. Just let us know that this is just for a school establishment and it's not something that God says that we have to do or God says that we have to be, which is in my opinion, kind of what I felt like they were trying to do. Um, And so for me, I kind of took away, like, I think a lot of guilt from that and that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't perfect enough. And, but I will say my parents definitely did a great job of really balancing that out. Like we could wear pants and they told us like, you're not sinning if you wear pants, (laughs) Hannah, like it's, it's okay. Um, (laughs) And I think definitely too, like, um, like same thing, you know, went to church. We were definitely the back row Baptist. Um, and we took up a whole row cause there were seven of us. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, they did a very good job of just balancing those things. And we talked about God and like our spiritual lives in the home all the time. Like, and me and my oldest brother were very close. So we would just go on walks in the summer and just talk about like everything. So, um, I think that's really the key is, not just sending your kids to Christian school and leaving it up to the school and not living it out at home or not talking to your kids about it at home. I think like the combination of those things definitely produces a more positive result. Um, But I will say it wasn't until after I graduated that I really felt like I kind of had my own walker just became a little more real to me because I wasn't following these set of rules or memorizing these verses. I was actually like reading certain things that I wanted to read in the time frame that I wanted to read them and um, just being able to draw different conclusions from different things. So, I mean, it sounds like you had better parent engagement, better parent reinforcement, maybe than <laughs> you had, Seth? Or? Yeah, so that was... Not that I'm bagging on your no, parents no, no. or anything. And like, not at all, and not that I am either, you know, I would never do that, and I know how much they sacrificed to send five kids through yeah, Christian school for huge. 12. I mean, five time, five kids times 12 years is 60, 60 tuitions they paid for Christian school. Like yeah, I don't physically insane. know how they did that's that. Um, so, you know, I definitely don't want to rag on them for that, but you know, it is one of those things where we didn't, it was, we went to church and we went to the Christian school and we talked a lot of, uh, we talked a lot about it then and there, but when it did come home, there really wasn't a whole lot of that communication or discussion or kind of um, relationship, you know, between uh, me and my parents or, or my whole family. You know, I didn't talk to my brothers or sister about, 
any of that stuff. You didn't stuff. go on long walks with I, your siblings? I did not. <laughs> I did not. And Not everybody gets that, Seth. It's okay. <laughs> if you want to cry, you can. It's okay. I'll wait till after the show. <laughs> I, I can do this. I'm strong. Uh, but no, so it, it wasn't as much there. And it's not like it was completely non-existent. But, I, you know, back when me and Hannah first started dating, like I told her like, yeah, whenever it would come up, it was awkward for me. Like, and then it was awkward for me to talk to Hannah about spiritual and Christian things. Like, you know, it, it was just because it kind of was more like that kind of personal relationship. It was like my, my previous experiences were like, oh yeah, we're kind of reserved in that area. Like yeah. there's not a whole lot of that, um, you know, one-on-one or like, you know, just talking about that. You know, it, it was, it was something a little, you know, like, Oh, you know, Seth, you got in trouble because you stole this. And it's like, you know, stealing is wrong because the Bible tells us stealing is wrong. And obviously I'm a young kid at this time. It's like, yes, absolutely. But you know, it, it was kind of that there was, there wasn't the, the personal, um, kind of intimate conversation about how, you know, my spiritual life, um, with my parents. And I'm, I know part of that is because I would avoid the topic too, as I got older, it's like, I would, I would find ways to get out of talking about that or that. But, um, yeah, that, that was, we were definitely way different in that area. Um, she was a whole lot more comfortable with that kind of communication than I was, um, from my experiences. So I guess I want to draw some conclusions with this podcast yeah. and with, and with the past, uh, the podcast that we did last week as well, it seems to be what is being repeatedly said, repeatedly said is that parents need to be involved. Yeah. Because for, for myself, for you guys, eventually whenever the Lord gifts you with a child, which I pray that it's soon, <laughs> and I have been praying, oh, man. Seth. <laughs> but what, again, the parents need to be involved. So if you're a parent that's thinking, I'm just going to send my kids to a private school and I'm just, they're going to get saved. They're going to become these awesome. They're going to become the next Billy Graham. They're going to become the next uh, John Piper. That's not necessarily true. Because what I think happens is people, and I've said this in the last podcast, sometimes people don't take the responsibility of raising their child and saying, I'm the spiritual, I'm responsible for teaching my child spiritual truths. Like that's, that's Ephesians 6 right there. So what I need to do is partner alongside the school. I need to be involved with the school if you decide to go the public route or excuse me, the private route. If you decide to go the public route, you, that you still have to do that. If you go the homeschool route, you have to do that on top of you need to make sure that your kids are learning social skills and that they are getting out into the world and seeing what the world is. One of the things that my wife said that she loved her private school experience but the one thing that private school didn't do for her very well was prepare her for the world. For me, like I, I think it definitely boils down to your personality type too. But yeah, you so know, one of the things Sean said in our last podcast is like it's not like the the school system, private or public, it's not mm -hmm. like they set up from the onset like we hope we have a Seth situation. Right. Like they're doing the best they can, but inevitably, some kids are going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. And so that's what happened. Uh, that's what happened with you. Yes. Yeah. You saw a list of rules and started questioning where you were more submissive. Like, this is a set yes. of rules. I'm not going to question anything. I'm just going to go with it. And, you know, with what Alex, your wife, said, 
of like, you know, she really enjoyed her experience, but she felt unprepared for the world. You know, it's kind of like culture shock once she entered, you know, kind of that, that mm-hmm. world. Um, I, I can almost, for me, it was, I knew that it was out there. And so I wanted to experience it. It, it was, it wasn't like once I got out, Oh, look at this world. Like, Oh, all this you know, shocking. It was, you know, 11th to 12th grade where I was like, I want to get, I want to see what's out there, you know, but I want to see what I'm being sheltered from. Yeah. Whereas somebody, you know, like your wife or, you know, even you, Hannah, it's, it's more of like a, a little bit more of the submissive mine was, well, don't tell me to don't, don't tell me something is bad because that just makes me want to do it more. Like don't, I need to experience something for myself for me to know if it is good or if it is bad. And that's my personality. Hannah could tell you, I won't <laughs> in marriage and everything and knowledge. Like I won't, I won't believe something until I know it for myself, 100% factual in my life. How many times did you touch the stovetop? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Like how many, he still touches them. Yeah, so. how many times? Is it hot? I don't know. Let's test it with my bare hand. Yeah, pretty much. So. I mean, take that and apply it to my life. I will say too, um, probably even more so than just like catching little bits and pieces of what maybe the real world was like when I was younger from my siblings, just like the fact that my family was really close and also really open. So again, like my relationship with my siblings, they were open about their struggles and stuff that I hadn't quite reached that age where like I maybe would struggle with something like that. So maybe that helped me to not to be particularly culture shocked. Mm. Cause it's like, well, this is my brother and I love him and he's awesome. Or like, this is my sister and I love her and she's awesome, but they still had these struggles or even like, this is my mom and she's awesome, but she still struggled with this. So I think that definitely helped too. Yeah. It sounds like your parents really tempered any sort of legalism that may have been produced from the school with grace. Yes. Forgiveness. Definitely. Or maybe Seth, you didn't get that reinforcement at home. It's just rules, 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 rules. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, and it, and you know too, it's like, I'm right about it. Pretty much everything. <laughs> so my gosh. And you know, it, it wasn't like too. As soon as it got home, it was like rules. You know, everything that the school is saying is exactly right. It was. It wasn't um, that it was an agreement or uh, in disagreement. It was just not addressed. So you know, it was like, well, this is what the school is telling me. This is what church kind of sounds like because now school is kind of tainting my filter and my view of these things and well I'm not hearing anything else from any from anywhere else so this this must be what it's all this about is it. and this mm-hmm. isn't fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's not so what, what what would you guys say to anybody who's maybe there's a parent that you come into contact with your your church community or even friends that are, that are saying, "Hey, you know what? I think I think we we want to send little Bobby to private school." What would you suggest to those parents? My suggestion is, you know, more power to you. It, it's definitely not the wrong decision or anything. I don't want anybody, um, and I and I hope that's not the impression that's come across. But I don't want anybody to think that this is a bashing of Christian school. It's certainly not. You know, I. I said it before. And no, I'll that's what we're trying to do here, <laughs> Seth. Don't. We want to be edgy on this show. You're gonna, you're gonna ruin it for us. Um, but uh, no, it it needs to be balanced, but also like it, it just needs to. The home environment really sets a tone for everything. So mm. it's like you know, when your kids come home from school at every different stage, you know, kindergarten up through twelfth grade, like there is 
throughout that whole span of time, your interaction and your kind of how you address the issue is going to be entirely different as, you know, your kid gets older. Um, but, you know, of like open discussion, I think, is the big key for me is like not being told, but asking kind of like, what do you think about this? You know, what, uh, or, you know, even talking about the rules of like, okay, you know, there's a stress code and hair requirements and you can't have tattoos and all these things of just like as a parent, just saying like, you know, do you know why they do that? And as a kid, you're either going to know, or you're not going to know, but you're not going to know until you're told. And so, you know, kind of being like, well, they do that because it is, you know, uh, an establishment they're they're going for a, a uniform kind of look um, an appropriate look it, it kind of negates some of the liability on well if you don't say you you know if, if you don't if the school doesn't say you have to wear skirts down to here then these girls are going to come in with super duper short skirts so that's you know that's why the school needs to make these kinds of rules they're not stupid or pointless rules they definitely have a purpose but like discussing, they need an explanation. An explanation. Give, give us something. And if the school can't, the parent has exactly. To. And what's not getting said in the school is that that explanation is your spiritual, your Christian, your Christianity. Whether you're going to heaven or hell, whether you're saved or not, is not dependent on on these set of of things. It's not dependent on your hair, all the things that we've been talking about, like, that's not what determines your spirituality. Like, that's something the school does, and, and there are good rules, and, and it avoids a lot of things that could go wrong, but, like, that's not what determines your spirituality. You, you're not saved by any of that. If you get a demerit or a lunch attention, that doesn't mean that God also wrote you, the, you know, a heavenly demerit or heavenly lunch attention. Like, but when not discussed as a kid— Growing up through that, I think that is kind of the picture that starts to get painted, and that's kind of just the mindset that we kind of morph into. Uh, your sparkly guitar with a misspelled word is worth <laughs> some sort of sinful, like, like, I feel like if there's multiple level, levels of heaven, like, you're going to be definitely a knockdown one for that. Like, not that tattoos are bad, but... Just, um, oh man. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I just, I'm taking all the good points you made and just like <laughs> flushing them. Yeah, well, I'm really questioning my whole spirituality at this point. I got to go home. I got some thinking to do. Uh, Hannah, you want to add anything? Yeah, I to... Um, I completely agree with that also. And um, another thing, too, that my parents were really good at, because we had to come home with a handbook and we had to sign in. It's like, we'll do this and we'll do that. And we won't go to movie theaters. Um, but you did, didn't you? Only once, actually. Oh, and this, okay. the passion. Okay, so maybe twice. I <laughs> <laughs> but the other time that I went, this is like my little rebellion, is I knew we weren't supposed to go, but my parents didn't want to really leave me home alone. So then they were like, okay, I guess you can go with us. And I put on my uniform shirt that said the school name in the top <laughs> left-hand corner, and I went to the movie theater, and I felt super rebellious. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Apart from this instance, I guess, if you just ignore that part. My parents are really good at, like, respecting the school's rules also and being like, we don't agree with it. Like, we don't think it's bad to go to movie theaters, but you're not going to because of the school. Like, it might not make sense for our home, but for the school it does. And out of respect for the school, that's what they kind of enforce on us, at least until, like, summertime. Um, but I thought that was good, too. Like, knowing what the school is requiring of your kids and being involved in that way. Um and then also, like, following through on it and, again, just saying we might not 
practice this as a household, but as far as you going to that school, we're going to respect the authority and you guys aren't gonna, you know, do these things, so. It's one of my goals. I found a Faith Baptist shirt at uh, Goodwill, <laughs> and I so wanna wear that into a liquor store. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, just to like give him a bad name, like I have nothing against him. It's just, I think it would be so, oh my gosh, so funny. Uh, As churches to... everywhere pull their clothes out of Goodwill and Salvation <laughs> Army, like, oh, it's gonna be so great. Like people are gonna learn, like they're gonna learn our name and our location. And we're just gonna get the word out that we're here. And then guys like Jason and I yeah, are gonna just use them. wear them in the liquor store. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh gosh. Well, Wiles family, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. For sacrificing your actually Monday. hannah you are the, the first woman ever yes. on not your pastor's wow. podcast so we'll get you a plaque made yeah. awesome. from our so tithing money that we have never yeah. be, <laughs> you guys can never be accused of like sexism or anything no we can't no this, not yet anyway. is this episode three <laughs> and you've already had a woman yeah yeah it's impressive wait till it's our pro trump episode <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's gonna be great I did it again. oh you, you zing yeah <laughs> we're well, not not pro trump like, I don't think we're pro anything. Any, no. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on the show and just sharing your hearts with us and sharing some some difficult things and saying some things that I think the church needs to hear. So yeah, this hey, great job, great <laughs> podcast, everybody. <laughs> you go with your radio thing again. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Hey, uh, if you're listening to this or watching via YouTube, whenever Chad. And figure out YouTube. <laughs> we, can we keep breaking it. Yeah, Chad keeps breaking YouTube. It doesn't want to take our, our super long episode videos for some reason, <laughs> but we'll figure that out. But uh, at any rate, if you listen to this on iTunes, if you could spare a moment and write us a review, the more reviews we get, I guess, the more uh, our podcast. The more money we up. make, yeah. Yeah, we make tons of money. <laughs> so much money. Yeah, when I got here, they were actually just throwing dollars around. It was, it yeah. was weird. Making it rain. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, get on uh, iTunes, subscribe, like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page where I posted some Zayo pictures. Yeah, those <laughs> were lighting up. That Dude, was, uh, just as you got to use those hashtags. like, what is all of this stuff? And it's like Alex posted Zayo. <laughs> you got to use those hashtags. Yeah, I haven't got those figured out. Somebody messaged us like, on Twitter, and I didn't. I don't know how to respond. To it. <laughs> so I'm really sorry, whoever that is. I don't know how to do that yet. I'll, I'll get it worked out though. But anyway, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. All right. And remember, always keep your stick on the ice. Again, for real. Yeah. <laughs>